This, is, uh, this has been the year of the family, and we've been working hard on family. I was looking around the room today, uh, and uh, how many, got any single moms, single dads in the house? Where are my single moms, single dads around the room? And uh, let's hear for single moms and single dads, amen. Are there any, is there anybody married in the room? Any couples? Where's, there's a few couples in the house. There we go. Me too. Uh, I, uh, we are in a series called God's Great Plans for You, and we have looked in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Read that with me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And... Um, we, we worked the context of this out. Uh, I was in, uh, anybody ever been to like Hobby Lobby or, uh, come on, where are you, where are you? Because my wife, my wife will take me to those stores, okay? Uh, and, uh, you know, Michaels and Kirkland's, all these, I mean, they're, they're getting more and more homey. And I, I've noticed it's the, the, the flavor of some crafty stores are becoming more home and family. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? It's like, I, you know, I, if you work at Michael's, I'm not busting on you, but it's like they woke up the other day and decided, wait a minute, we're going to have to sell some other stuff if we're going to compete. And, uh, and, uh, so, and then I keep seeing Jesus in stores. Anybody else seen that? And uh, I know Hobby Lobby is a Christian-based company. I don't know about the others, but... Uh, you know, you go into stores and you're hearing, you're hearing, you're seeing that the restaurants, the stores that seem to really be erupting, they're actually playing Jesus music in the background too. Have you noticed that? Anybody notice that? So I'm not saying you can't shop at other stores. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, but I keep, one of the things that I've seen is I've seen this scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, pop up so many times. And, uh, and and we decided that we would work on the context of it. Because just reading the scripture does not necessarily know that you know what it means. I mean, you say, I know God has a plan for me and I'm going to prosper. And you don't realize that part of the story was him saying, oh, and by the way, you're going to have to go back to Babylon and live there for 70 years. You know, and you're going to have to grow right where you are. You're, 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 you are in a condition, you're in a situation and we believe that God, if he was really God, he would snap his fingers and everything would be sweet for me right now. And uh, sometimes things are not as sweet as you want them to be. Amen. See? Five amens. See? Look at that. It does not mean that God doesn't have great plans. It does not mean that you can't have joy in Babylon. It doesn't mean that God will not do great things in environments. In fact, that's one of the ways that God is glorified in a condition that you would say you couldn't have joy, you couldn't have peace, you couldn't have life, God says, I can give you life right there in that particular situation. I can prosper you in a land that you believe is against you. I can do good things in what you call bad days. Is that good for anybody besides me? Anybody get up and say, I'm in a bad mood. God says, I'm going to do something good in your bad mood. Amen. He is preaching to us today. So, today... Uh, and I just looking back, I, I needed to get back to this topic today. Uh, as we are in, we're in fall, we're in this new season. Uh, I want to get back and, and speak family heavily today. God's great plan for your home. 
Uh, I don't know how I put uh, for our homes there. I wrote family in my notes, <laughs> but whatever, okay? So God's great plan for our homes, all right? Uh, and you might say, it doesn't, you know, I'm single, I live by myself. Guess what? You're a part of a home. You're part of a family. You're part of a community. Uh, you say, well, pastor, you don't understand. I'm a single mom. How many know single moms, single dads? You've got, you got a lot of family to deal with. You really need this. Uh, and so... I want, us to, I want us to spend time with this. You might say, I'm single, I'll never get married. Uh, you, it, perhaps if you hear this, maybe some things will shift in your life. Uh, these, the, these are some important principles, and uh, I believe God's going to help you. We're going to talk uh, from Psalm 103, uh, verse 17. Read this with me. The steadfast love of the Lord, like with your mouth. Okay, come on, ready? The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. You want to read that again? Get that. The steadfast love of the Lord is from on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. Does that sound like a word from God? All right. You say everything's falling apart and God says, no, I'm putting things together. So... uh, if you recall uh, my previous teaching, uh, again, in the context, uh, I just mentioned it's Jeremiah 29, verse 4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. So um, welcome to the family here at Freedom. I, I, you know, we often say that, in fact, at the beginning of the year, we begin to say freedom as a family. We've been saying that for years, but uh, this year I even passed out T-shirts, freedom as family. Uh, but not only are we a family, we're also a family of family. It's a place where you can find family. It's a place where you can begin family. You say, well, I'm not married. Your new husband or wife could be right here. I mean, don't just come looking for a husband or a wife. All right, I, will, I'll, I got security for that. But... Uh, <laughs> I found my wife in church. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, before she was ever my girlfriend, we sang together. And uh, now we've been making music together for 37 years. Hallelujah. So uh, I, uh, we, are, we are in a new season. Uh, it's fall. And one of the things that I note is that in the season, people get really busy. Homes are busy, school is busy, work is busy. Uh, now, it's been, it's been some years since we had to do this, but I remember the day when we had young children and one was playing baseball and one was playing soccer and they're both in the band and they all have a homework and they're in the choir and they have musicals and uh, there was a reason you had two cars. And uh, so sometimes I would take one to one game and she would take one to another game or another musical and then we'd kind of meet at one and celebrate and then we'd maybe somebody bring some food and, and then we'd go home and people would say, well, you know, what have you been doing all day? And I you just want to slap people, you know. 
because sometimes life is busy. Do you ever feel like you're busy? Anybody feel like that? How many have ever felt like in all your busyness you were just doing stuff and sometimes it didn't feel like all the stuff mattered? And wondering what the purpose of everything, I mean, like, do you anticipate, you know, that little Billy is going to be a professional baseball player one day? No. Then why is he playing baseball? Because he needs to learn teamwork. Well, couldn't he learn that if we'd all go in the backyard and mow and clean and... Probably not. He needs to learn baseball. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just processing with you right now. Sometimes... The problem with busy times is there are also times of isolation because there's more to argue about, more frustration and more traffic, right? Come on, it's fall, y'all. Are you with me? Uh, so many things. And if you've ever been married, uh, you don't have to say amen to this right now, especially if you're sitting with your husband or wife. Marriage can be a struggle. Okay, said amen anyway, all right, so. Uh, children can be a struggle. And life sometimes can feel like a disaster. You actually uh, wonder. You're home one day and you're looking around and you're feeling the stress, the anxiety of it all, and you wonder, wonder is, was, is this what home is about? And, and, and then you look in the mirror and on a stressful day and you ask, did I just make a big mistake? Is this just all a mistake? Did I, did I just screw everything up? How did I get in this situation? Now, some of you are not saying amen, and you should not, because uh, no matter the condition of your home and family right now, listen, the idea of family is not an accident. It's not an accident. You say, why are we drawn? Why are we doing this? I, I know your struggles are unique. You need to come alongside of God's plan and understand that God has a plan for every family. God has always had a plan for family because family was God's plan. So come alongside of it because when it comes to marriage and family, we are often flying by the seat of our pants. And that's what God is saying in verse number 11 of Jeremiah 29. He's speaking to people who feel like family and life and home and the city they live in, the country they live in, they can't see their way ahead. And God says, look, I know you're messed up right now, but I know the plans I have for you. Well, I don't, God. He says, I know you don't. Well, I wish you would tell me, well, let me just give you an idea. My plans for you are to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope, to give you a future. I did my 23 and me. Anybody else done that? Has anybody done like the DNA test? All right. My daughter insisted. She wanted to know where I came from and uh, wanted to know where she came from. And uh, so, uh, you know, we initially found out and then they updated. They did more research and sent me a new statement about who my grandparents, great grandparents, great great grandparents, great 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 grandparents were. And uh, so, I don't know if you noticed this, but I'm, I'm a white guy. I don't know if you noticed that. All right. And uh, so I have 
grandparents somewhere that I have not met. Now, there were some that I met. I met my great-grandparents, all right? Never met my great-greats, but I knew great-grandma, excuse me, we called her Mamaw, Mamaw Gum. We knew Mamaw Gum really well. I knew my Mamaw Height. Those were both great-grandparents. And I knew my great-grandfather uh, on my, on my uh, mother's side, uh, John Hyatt. I knew him, good and godly man. Didn't know the others. Have one picture of my great-grandmother's mother. I have that, and I have pictures of my great-grandfather, uh, uh, great-great-grandfather, uh, uh, Dick and Lucy Hawker. Uh, so uh, I got those pictures, love those pictures. But when I did my 23 Me, here's what I found out. I have grandparents that are British. What? And Irish, and I have great-great-grandparents that were French or German, and the odds are very strong that I had great-grandparents, great-great-great-great-grandparents somewhere, great, just put as many greats as you want, that were Scandinavian, Italian, <laughs> and from the Congo. Bam! <laughs> I didn't get an amen right there. I don't know what happened. I mean, it's like great, 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 great something. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> people begin to understand me better all the time. Now, here's the thing. I don't know these people. I don't know who they are. I don't have their names. I, I you know, I want to write down all that I know so that my kids will be able to go back and, you know, in the future, you'll say, well, who are your great, great, great grandparents? You'll say, well, let's look at the new Facebook, you know, and see who they were. But, uh. You know, as of right now, we don't have all that information. I want them to know. I, I, I talk about my great-grandparents that I've known. I talk about them. But here's what I'm saying. I am the product of people that I don't know. I am the product of people who settled down, people who got married, people who had children hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. I don't know their stories, but here I am. Preaching the gospel of Jesus on this day. What I, what I want to know is the stories. I want to know how it all happened. You see, one thing I know is they didn't do everything well. Because I have had to overcome a bunch of junk in my own life. And in my own heart. Anybody hear what I'm saying? I don't know all of these people, but they must have done something right. Okay, they did some things right, they did some things wrong, here I am. Okay, ultimately what I'm saying is in all of the mess, no matter where they were from, no matter who they married, I don't know all their stories, here I am today, and they and I are all a part of God's great plan, am I right, for homes and families. God made things work that some people thought would never work. And out of tragedy and difficulty and, and out of brokenness, here I stand today as a grandfather myself. When, when we understand, what we understand is this, that God has plans to prosper us, but his plans work best when we decide we're going to agree with his plans. There's, that's where our text comes from. The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. Okay, so why are we saying this? Why, why does the scripture even have to be here? So our struggle in family is not necessarily family itself. It's in the margins. For instance, we don't have a problem getting married. We have a problem staying married. We don't have a problem getting married 
We have a problem finding someone who is marryable. We don't have a problem getting married. Anyone can get married. It just takes $30 at the courthouse in a moment with the justice of the peace. You can get married. You know, you can find somebody you picked on, who picked up an ordination online. They'll marry you. Okay, you can get married. You don't even have to get married to have kids. I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching the gospel right now. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Thank you. The facts. Anyone can have kids. It's not the conceiving and birthing that's the problem. You can have a child. But, but can you have, in the margins, can you have a child that will listen to you? <laughs> a child that will obey you when it's time to get off the video games and go to bed. A child that will be kind to others. Anybody can have a child. But do you have any idea what it takes to raise a child? I'm talking about the margins. I want you to, Jesus, you can hear the Lord say, I have plans for you. I want you to live in Babylon. I want you to build houses. I want you to grow crops. Yeah, but it's all of the stuff in the margins that we have a problem with. I want, a, I want children. I want a child that will grow up strong and, and have a healthy heart that is loving and lovable and excellent and will love God and love others. Anybody can have a child. I just don't want the curses and the brokenness of my own life to be my child's downfall. I love it when I see you all here today and I hear your stories. I know your stories because so many of you are overcoming the mess that's been passed down from a thousand years ago. I know some of you who are rising up and saying, I love you. I love my mama. I love my family. But I'm not going to live according to this curse. I love my dad. I forgive my grandfather. But I'm not going to allow his brokenness to be transferred into my life. The curse, the brokenness, the generational mess, it stops right now. Anybody have a story like that? I choose God's great plan for my life. Here's the good news. God has great plans for your marriage. God has great plans for your relationships, and God has great plans for your children and even your children's children. That's what I see in the Word of God. God has great plans. This is a theme of Scripture. Somebody say children's children, all right? I know that's weird. When we were having kids, one day they're going to have babies. And I, no, that's not what you think about, right? But you're going to have, your children are going to have children. Have you read the theme of this? I mean, you can see it in Deuteronomy 6 and 2. You and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord. Your God, as long as you live, if you obey all his decrees and commands, you'll enjoy a long life. Proverbs 17 and 6. Grandchildren are the crown of the elderly and the pride of the sons is their fathers. Can somebody praise God for grandchildren? Come on, somebody. All right. Deuteronomy 4, 8 also speaks of this. Uh, what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I'm setting before you today? Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Oh, grandparents get to teach their children. Isn't that great? You should write that down. Acts 16, 31 Paul says, Paul, Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. So it is a promise, but it's also a struggle. You train your children up and then you pray. And you trust and you hope. And as they seem, anybody got grown kids? Because when they grow up, they, it's weird. Because you just sometimes you like to look, you're grounded. 
You, you go home. No, right now. And you're going to pray. I'll watch the babies. But I still believe that God has a promise for our future generations. So let me focus on this. God has great plans for our home. Let's deal with God's great plans. And I, I, I think it, sometimes we're, we're busy straightening out our kids because we don't want to straighten out ourselves. That hurt. It doesn't matter how much you yell at them if you don't authentically live for Jesus in front of them. It doesn't change things. Okay? You stop that. Okay, you stop. And that's... And I know I can, I can hear myself. I'm doing the best I can, factually, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Anybody with me? I could do better. Can I get an amen from, come on, families. So, so here we go. Let me speak a few truths to you swiftly, and I'm, I'm going to start talking about relationships, and we all need this. Single, married, because we are all in relationships, or will be in relationships, or know someone in a relationship that you need to speak to for better, some for worse, and some for much worse, but I, I, I want us to walk through this, uh, just a couple of powerful truths. I want you to look at somebody. I've done this before, but I want you to do this again. Look at somebody and tell them, you look nice, but in five years, you're going to look a lot different. Okay. Okay. Now this is, again, better or worse. And that will be predicated, the, it's going to be predicated on decisions that you are making right now. What is your life going to look like five years from now? What is it going to look like? Like, I love Jennifer Hudson singing. Anybody like it? All right. Remember, she has a, I am changing. Don't make me sing that whole song. <laughs> Trying every way I can. That girl can sing, all right? Uh, and I'm thinking that I'm changing. She's saying that's a good thing. Uh, right now, what's going on in your life is changing you. Some of the things that are changing you, you are ignoring. Right? But you are going through change. Children. How many have children? Children change so fast. You know, one day you have an infant. The next day you got a baby. Then you got a toddler and they're walking. And, you know, uh, Malachi. Anybody remember my grandson Malachi? He will be 12 years old next year. All right? I know. 12 years old. By the way, just so I mention it, you need to watch Dancing with the Stars this. What day? Tomorrow, on Monday, Malachi will be doing presentation on the show. All right, Monday. So I can't tell you what it is. It's a secret. But if you come and ask me personally, I might tell you. <laughs> you know, Felicia had such a rough time this, uh, this season before that show started. She sings, you know, if you don't know, you haven't talked to me. She sings on Dancing with the Stars. She's a pop vocalist there, but... But her back was so bad, and she was in a wheelchair, and you prayed. We asked God to touch her, and uh, she's standing and singing, and things are moving, and things change. But, you know, all I want sometimes is for people to feel better rather than to be better. Right? So as a father, I'm saying, oh, God, don't just heal her, but do what you want to do in this time of struggle. Folks, you're going through changes in your life, and you're going to see new things that happen in the future. You say, it's a bad time. I'm in Babylon. Yeah, God says, I'm changing you. 
Anybody with me on this? The only thing that doesn't change is God. Right? I'm changing. Does God change? The only thing that doesn't change is God. So I need to anchor myself in that which does not change. Every good and perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights and whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. It's like in the production line of God, you don't say, God, I, I got this from you, but it's defective. Could I return it? No, because God never fails. He never fails. So great relationships only happen when you walk in agreement with God. Great relationships only happen when I walk in agreement with God. That's our, there are, are the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. God loves me. And then he says this, on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. Uh, Amos 3 verse 3. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? What's the answer? What? No. I mean, you can try to walk together. But your disagreement is going to cause you a struggle. Some of you, some of you could tell me your story about, yeah, I tried to walk with what's his name, but there was no agreeing about anything. Uh, this is a marriage statement, in fact. The, the word is uh, where it says, uh, uh, walk together, excuse me, unless they are agreed, that statement, they are agreed, is one word, uh, ya'ad, which is one word translated, they are agreed, it implies a meeting in a full binding agreement. So listen, marriage is the longest journey of your life on this planet. And how many believe that God designed marriage? Anybody believe that? So I want to tell you this. If you're going to get married, you need to get it right. I'm going to clap my hands for myself. If you're in a relationship... Or if you are considering a relationship, you need to ask the right questions and get the right answers. So some of you are in a relationship right now, so maybe you ought to start with this big question. Why are we together? That's a good question. Why? Even more you can ask. Let's go deeper, because you're right there. There's a deeper, deeper question. Why am I here? So you're focusing on together. You don't even know why you're on the planet. These questions sound familiar to, the, to, to another question that the masses answer. In fact, most people want this answer. What is my purpose? So you're asking why are we together, but you haven't answered the question why you are here, and you don't even know what your purpose is, and you're trying to build a relationship with somebody else. Come on. Just kind of flying by your seat, seat of your pants. So, so let me answer that one for you. Jesus was asked this question by some of the meanest people on the planet. Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious leaders of the day. And here's what he said. He said, Matthew twenty-two thirty-six, 36. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest this is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So, what's my ultimate purpose? Somebody shout it, love. My ultimate purpose is love, okay? Okay, I, I know a lot of you falling in and out of love. But l listen, listen, if you can't get love right, you're going to have a really hard time getting relationship right. If, if you know, everybody, I want to know what love is, you know, and you don't know, all right? 
So you're trying to, outside of a relationship with God, and if I get in a relationship with God, then I'm going to know what love is. And this is what he's saying. Love God, love me, and love each other. Okay, But I want to know whether or not I'm supposed to be an astronaut. Stop, stop. You don't need to be flying around planets until you first of all get this, that you are here to receive love and to give love. The Bible is about love. It's about loving. Anybody ever read the Ten Commandments before? Okay, some, some people don't understand the Ten Commandments. Okay? We just, you know, we're just trying to work out the commandments. Okay? Really, it's covenant. Now, to, if, if, if you have Jewish ancestry, then you understand the work of the law because they went to Mount Sinai, and uh, that's where they, they look at Mount Sinai, Sinai as a place of marriage. They don't look at it as... Uh, just a place to receive coven, or just a, a place to receive some laws on stone tablets. This is what you should do, and this is what you shouldn't do. No, no, this is a place of covenant. So, uh, anybody have been to a Jewish uh, wedding before? And they put up the hoopah. You know what I'm talking about? And then the only people that come under that are the the, the man and the woman. This is symbolic of coming into the presence of God, and it dates all the way back to Mount Sinai because Israel believes that they are married to God. You understand that? All right, so if you look at the commandments, you say, well, the commandments, you got to do this and this and this. No, 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 no. The commandments, as far as they're concerned, are their wedding vows. It says it's all about love. It is, it is, two, it is two, two issues. One, how do I love God and how do I love others? That's what it's about. How do I love God? You only love God. Anybody get that? You only, God is the only God. You don't get to have other gods. Anybody been married before? Let me, let me help you. Your husband is your only husband. You don't get to have other husbands. Anybody understand? Your wife is your only wife, right? So as soon as you start having other wives, then it gets really confusing. And that's why the rest, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Honor, honor, that's a big deal. And remember to keep the, the Lord's day, the Sabbath day. Uh, and, and, and that has to do with uh, being in the presence of God. Be in my presence, but it goes further. Remember, if you want to have a relationship with God, if you're married to God, don't ever doubt this. God is the one that created it all. You did not. Listen, listen. If you want to have a great relationship with God, don't ever forget that God created it all. Because just as soon as you begin to believe that you are a, a cell that climbed out of some water and sprouted legs and arms, then you break your relationship with God. Amen. That's good, Pastor. Preach, preach. And all the rest. Uh, the, uh, honor your father and your mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt commit, not commit adultery or steal. Bear false witness. This is how you have a relationship with others. Okay? You, you don't kill. You don't murder people. These are just covenant vows. Okay? I mean, if we would just impose these into our relationship, how many think our lives would be better? Anybody believe that? You know, just, just don't, don't covet what other people have. Uh, don't steal. All right, I wasn't going to preach on the Ten Commandments, but that's really good stuff. But again, the first four are about how to love God, and the, the second uh, six are about how to love each other. So all, and he says this, going, let me go back to that other scripture in Matthew. He says, all the law and the prophets, in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, all of the law and the prophets speak about this message. 
Love the Lord your God and love others. Love your neighbors yourself. Anybody get that? All of the law of the prophets. So everything that's written in the law and everything that the prophet says is all about this particular message. You were created, get this, for loving relationships with God and one another. And when all you do is love yourself, come on, and all you do is love stuff. Let me explain that. Genesis chapter 3. Anybody remember the story? Uh, Satan shows up. He has an apple. And he says... Well, it wasn't an apple, okay, I know. He says, there's, there's fruit on this tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Basically, what, here's, what, here's what the enemy says. You don't need relationship because Adam and Eve are in perfect relationship with God and with one another. And the enemy shows up and says, wait, I have something better. I want to give you some stuff. And then Adam and Eve decide that stuff is more important than relationship. Just as soon as you decide that your stuff is more important than your relationship, the enemy has deceived you and your relationship is in struggle. Preach, Pastor Rick. That is the truth. God has a plan for your relationships and so does the enemy. God has a plan for your loving, holy, righteous, monogamous. Come on. Your, your marriage and, and, and the enemy wants to, the enemy brings a mortal threat to you because because God uh, is building the kingdom of God through your relationships. Righteous, loving marriages destroy hatred, dis- destroy, uh, destroy all of the brokenness in, in children, heal children. Righteous homes populate the kingdom of heaven and storm the gates of hell. And you're saying, oh, it's just a marriage. And I'm saying, no, it's important in the kingdom of God that your relationship is whole. The devil cannot do in your family what he wants to do when you live in love and forgiveness and reconciliation. Satan cannot do what he wants to do in your children and in your community when you walk in peace and love with one another. Marriage and family is the first institution that God established on the planet. And when it thrives, the nation thrives. When it thrives, the government thrives. When it thrives, your community thrives. God is good. He builds great homes. He builds great families. He builds great children. So... How do we rediscover God's plan for our homes? First of all, just accept that God, accept God as the true source of love. Where does love come from? 1 John 4 and 7. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God and he who does not love does not know God for God is love. I love this. Don't anybody love that? God is the source of love. How many agree? God is the source of love. So I, I, you know, I sometimes give you all kinds of really good ideas and sometimes they work like candle prayers and spiritual intimacy. How many, how many do some spiritual intimacy? Anybody do that? Pray with your family, light a candle in your house, pray, read the word of God. Uh, here, here's, some, here's some more. I think I found these off of a plaque somewhere in, in Hobby Lobby or somewhere. You know, Count your blessings. Love each other. Show kindness. Forgive swiftly. Say I'm sorry. Make memories. Be grateful. How many like that stuff? You know, sometimes I do this. People are taking pictures and writing that stuff down. How many have ever done things like this? And uh, you, know, you do stuff. Take great vacations. And still have a mess in your house. All right? So, answer this question. In your home, what is the source of your love? Uh, A better question would be, what 
fuels love in your house? What fuels it? Some of you couples are saying, passion fuels our love. We have chemistry, emotion, and, 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 you know, that's what happens in most relationships. But life, life doesn't care how much, how much chemistry you have. Am I right? Life doesn't care. Bills, taxes, struggles, conflict, they still come. No matter how beautiful your marriage is. And so you love one another, but when struggle comes, you keep trying to fix things with the fuel that's in your tank, and you keep running out. Because, again, anybody married in the house? Anybody married? Listen, marriage is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And you need more than what you have. Here's, passion and chemistry is great, but sometimes the days are long. And sometimes you hurt each other and you wake up one day and you feel like it was a mistake and you say something stupid like, I just don't love you anymore. And here's the problem. Your source of love is coming from a limited fuel tank. Couples get together all the time and say, why do you want to get married? I love you. He said he loved me. Hallelujah. And I want to ask one question. Where does the love come from? Where does it come from? It's just a feeling I have. Look, I love my wife. She makes me feel good, but sometimes she makes me feel bad. I'm, I'm going to tell you. Let me tell you something about Diane and I. All right, this is the truth. She doesn't know I'm going to say this, so I'm just going to walk over here and say it. <laughs> sometimes I'll be talking to my wife because I'm a preacher. I can talk, and she will put me on pause. I don't know I'm on pause. She's just doing other things, and I keep talking. And then I look at her, and I say, did you just put me on pause? And I know she has because I'm still on pause. She doesn't even answer the question. Can I get an amen from anybody? Somebody say, yeah, Pastor, I put you on pause about 10 minutes ago. Now listen, I understand it, and we laugh about it. We laugh about it. You see, uh, when I talk about relationship, here's the truth. You guys probably say this too, like about your, the love of your life. He makes me feel, come on, Tom Cruise, complete. She, make, she meets my deepest needs. But here's, here's, here's really what you're saying. I can't love her more than she loves me. Did you hear that? And, and, and the day that she doesn't, you can try to call her to that love. You know what I'm talking about. You got married and she used to jump all over you. And I shouldn't talk like this in church, but... <laughs> you'd come home and everybody's like, your love is totally connected to that. And here you are. Now, let me help you, okay? I need a, can, I need a, I, I'm going to tell you a dream. All right, finish this up. I was after church 
Yeah, just bring that up here and lay it down. After, uh, after church last Sunday, I had one of the sisters, Daisha, who's probably watching on webcast because she had to work. Yeah, just lay them down there. Thanks, brother. And uh, she told me a dream. And uh, out of that dream, uh, this illustration just kind of jumped in my heart. And uh, so um, I don't know who to use, but I need a, a married sister to run up here on the platform if they would. Can I get, is your husband here? He's not, well, you need to sit down, okay? I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm sorry, sir. No, I, I, see, you're on the front seat. I was thinking, I'll use Matt and Katie Lynn. Shayla said she would come up, she would, come here, come here, come here, okay. All right, so, uh, so here's, here's, here's what she said, okay? Here's what she said, all right? She said in her dream, she was, she had a life jacket on, all right? Can you put this on? Don't mess up your, your hair. All right. Uh, like, we, don't have, we don't have to do all this, but, but you know this, would, this goes all... Yeah. Anyway. So, no, no, strap it on. So, a life jacket. Anybody know what a life jacket does? Okay. All right. So, in, in, the, in the, the dream, she said that uh, she had this dream. She was wearing a life jacket, and people kept walking up to her and hanging things on the life jacket. All right, does that speak to anybody? So uh, take, take the life jacket back off, all right? Okay, so, all right, so I'm going to take the life jacket off of you first, all right? So have you ever been swimming before? Yes. You can swim? Okay. Now, like, if you're out in the middle of the ocean, though, and, uh, you know, you're like a couple of miles away from shore, you would prefer a life jacket. Okay. So uh, sometimes, how many have ever felt like you were a couple miles away from shore and really need a life jacket? Anybody ever felt that way? Okay, so then you end up in a relationship, okay? So come up here, Matt, all right? And, uh, and people start saying things. Like, do you remember when you first met Katie Lynn? Okay, and then she became your girlfriend. Ah, oh, put that label on her. There you go, girlfriend, all right? And then you got, you, you were together for a while, and then she became your Lover. There you go. And then uh, you ended up in, you know, some relationship. Hopefully there was a marriage in there. You are married, aren't you? you were, you're in leadership here at the church. That's good. All right, so. so then you start doing life together. You have kids. So she's a mother, but maybe she's also a bookkeeper. Okay. Anybody get that? Okay. All right. And maybe she's also... Here, let's give her this too. Maybe she's also a mother, okay? Because I know you got a couple of kids. And then maybe sometimes, does she ever help around the house or anything like that? Maybe she's also home manager, okay? And uh, maybe also she's a uh, mind reader, okay? And uh... <laughs> come on, get an amen, somebody. Amen. Put your hands up like this. Start swinging your hands, swinging your hands. Okay, she's, see what's happening to her right now? She's, she's, because this is what happened in relationships. All right, tell him you love him again. I love you. I mean, I mean, before, I mean, and he's wondering why they're not in the relationship they used to be in. Okay, I thought, tell her, I thought you loved me. I thought you loved me. And why don't you even say it? Listen, in fact, go ahead, say I love you, say I love you. Okay, say it again. Okay, now stop. Do you know why most people say I love you? 
because they need somebody else to give them love back. You don't say I love you just because you, I want you to know I love you. No, when I say I love you, I'm expecting an I love you back. Do you know why? Because sometimes my love fuel tank is low. And so I speak love in order to get love. And that's why we're in relationships because you got to give love to her. Come on, you put love her right there on her belly, okay? You got it. But sometimes all the other stuff causes you to be drowning because you got all these other labels on your life and you're trying to manage this all by yourself. Here, give me your stickers back, okay? Just give me your stickers. Now, I'm going to tell you about relationship real quick. And it was out of this dream that uh, Desha had. And so what you need, first of all, is this. Okay, because he's still going to walk up to you and he's going to put girlfriend on you. But you already are in a relationship with God. And so you already have received the love of God in your life. So whether he loves you or not, you're already loved. All right. And you're going to give him love, but it's not going to be in the middle of the water two miles out all by yourself. You're going to receive the love that God has. So you're going to be able to love him. So so when he says yes, you're going to be lover and you're going to here. Help me quick. You're going to be home manager. and You're going to be mother and you're going to be bookkeeper. Unless sometimes you're going to feel in the midst of all of this that you're also a failure and you're also sometimes going to feel guilt. How many have ever felt this before? Because you're trying to meet. I got moms. This sounds like a Mother's Day message, doesn't it? You're going to have all of this and feel all of this. Why aren't you throwing your arms around? Because she has a life jacket on. Listen, you can't love one another until, first of all, you have experienced and received the amazing love of God. And you think, I'll just go down to an altar. I'll get into a relationship. We'll just hold hands. We'll just love each other. And, and love, love will keep, your love will not keep you together. It is the love of God that causes you to overcome. And you know what? Before you get in a relationship with him, would you make sure that he also has one of these things on? Oops, I'm going to hang it there. All right? Because when two people both have the love of God, then they're not draining one another constantly because he already knows that he is loved. Come on, give me another. Do I have another scripture up there? I am so lost in the sermon right now. Yeah, yeah. Romans chapter 8. What shall we say in response to this? Read this with me, guys. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Everything that you need in relationship, in your family, is all in God. It's in a great, loving relationship with God. Go, go into the next scripture, down to verse number 36. You know this. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who... What? Through him who loved us because God loves me, I can love you. Listen, I know you'll fail me. And I may fail you, but God will not fail me. And God will not fail you. Can I get an amen from somebody? 
And then he says this, For I am convinced that neither death, nor light, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So you guys might have struggled on occasion, but you also have God. And you will keep forgiving him. Sometimes he might be unforgivable, right? But God forgave you so you can forgive him. Sometimes she might be unforgivable, it seems. But God forgave you so you keep forgiving her. You can't do this without the love of God. Don't play this. Well, I'm going to forgive him. No, you're not going to forgive them because you haven't experienced the great love, the great redemption, the great forgiveness of Almighty God. You should clap your hands. Thanks. You can give those to Diane as you. Let's hear for Katie Lennon. Praise God. She's such an amazing mind reader. Anybody receiving this word? Shout amen if you are. Listen, here, here, listen. There's only one person who loves you perfectly, and that is. All right? I think, I think these are pretty good. I think. Uh, anybody ever want to know whether you're dating the right person? Here's some signs that you're dating the right person they don't hold you back, they don't want to change you, they fit into your life. They listen to you. They're happy when you're happy. They comfort you when you're sad. No, that's not true. None of those things are necessarily true. Maybe number two, they don't want to change you. No, I don't know. I think number two is hilarious. I, I love them. They don't want to change me. Listen, if you get married, you're going to change. If you're in a relationship, you're going to change. You want somebody that loves God enough to help you change into the person that God wants you to be. Preach, Pastor. I'm going to tell you this again. If you're dating someone right now and they don't know Jesus Christ, text them right now and break up. Jesus. Well, listen, only by the Spirit of God can we effectively love one another. I don't know how some marriages survive. Uh, there are some things that marriages are not designed to overcome, I think, like, you know, severe abuse and victimization. But how many know God is great and powerful? I've seen marriages flourish and homes flourish. I, uh, I was listening on the radio to, uh, to Joel Osteen's channel and he was interviewing Kathy Lee Gifford. I, I don't think she's ready to be the national evangelist or anything, but I was listening to her in an interview and with, with Joel Osteen, and she was discussing an affair that Frank Gifford had had early in their marriage. And she said she struggled forgiving him, and God, God restored them because she forgave him. She forgave him. And she said at the beginning, I couldn't forgive my husband who had been unfaithful, but God... And then she said, I was able to forgive him. I began to forgive him because he was also the father of my children. And so I began by forgiving the father of my children. I think she struggled a little bit in her understanding. The reason that I am able to forgive is because God has forgiven me. But there is more. It is because the Spirit of God now lives inside of me. You can overcome so much in your marriage if you will allow the Spirit of God to work in your life. Look at these scriptures as I wrap up. Galatians 5.16. Live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in 
battle, conflict with each other. Verse 19, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality and impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. All right, how many are guilty of most of those? You don't want to lift your hand? Come on. You say, well, I've read that orgy part and stuff. I don't want to talk. Listen, I'm talking about immorality. Anybody? Come on. Jealousy. Anybody had rage in your life? Idolatry. Now those are, he says, I I warn you that those who live like that will not inherit the kingdom of God. When do we inherit the kingdom of God? Right now. You're going to live in the kingdom. Now look at the next verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Just say that. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It begins. When the Spirit of God is in us, we have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those who belong to Jesus Christ crucify the sinful nature and its passions and desires. Why? Because we live by the Spirit. Uh, Stand with me. I'm going to wrap this up. and I want us to pray. Just close your eyes and say, come Holy Spirit, come here, come Holy Spirit. Father, we are here in this room today, and there are people that have walked in the room that are drowning. And Father, we desperately need to be embraced by your love and to embrace others with your love. Come Holy Spirit. Father, forgive us for not being forgiven. Forgive us, Father. Come close to us now. Come Holy Spirit. Um, I'm going to just let you know this. Sometimes I really feel loved and appreciated, and sometimes I really don't feel loved and appreciated. Anybody else ever feel that way? But the things that I do are not because of whether I'm loved and appreciated the things that I do, I do by the Spirit of God and the love of God. If the only way you can accomplish things is if people appreciate you, then you might be worshiping people rather than worshiping God. I know there are those that hate me, but I know that God loves me. And I know I'm going to have a bad day. Guess what? God still loves me. I want to apologize to Diana telling that story earlier. But here's the fact. I am not always the best husband. She's always the best wife. But I'm not always the best husband. But Diana doesn't worship me. She worships God. And I make a really good husband but a really bad Jesus sometimes I don't get the affirmation that, that, that I need and I, sometimes I don't give the affirmation that you need sometimes I don't reach out when I should as a pastor listen I make a really good pastor but don't come to church to worship me I make a really bad savior God wants to fill us with love And when he does, you will be a better husband. You will be a better wife. You'll be a better single mom. You'll be a better parent. You'll be a better child. 
God will speak through you to your children. He will break curses in your family. I said He will do it. Bow your head. And I know some of you are struggling in your home. And some would tell you it's, it's basic. It's your identity. It's your purpose. It's your insecurity. God says, I want to give you identity. I want to give you purpose. And I want to give you security that this world cannot give. So in your heart today, I ask that the Lord would heal you in the deep places. The places that are empty. The places where you have felt lost. Come Holy Spirit. Somebody pray with me. Come Holy Spirit. Heal us. Heal us of our wounds. Help us to love because we have received your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want, I want altar team members to come and stand with me. Prayer, my prayer, our friends who, who lead in prayer, who will pray with you. Come Holy Spirit. Everybody just stay prayerful for a moment longer. Wow. Have plenty of people up here to pray. A few. So, uh, close your eyes for a moment. Let me ask. Uh, there are those of you in the room, and you are struggling greatly with just this sense. I often don't believe that I am loved, and sometimes I don't feel even capable of being loved. Would you wave at me if that's truth? Would you wave at me if that's truth? I often struggle with being loved. I saw you. I saw you. Yeah. And some of you are struggling in relationships. You're struggling as a, as a couple. We want to pray for you. Some of you are struggling because of old brokenness that's been passed down from generation to generation. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. Today, I just want you to receive the love of God. And our altars are open now if you want people to pray for you. Just come on and we'll pray for you now. We'll pray for your marriage. We'll pray for your relationship. We'll pray for you as a parent. We'll pray for you as a child. If you feel lost. If it's really been a bad day lately, I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word today. We pray, dear Lord, that that which you have taught us would be eternal and it would be life-changing. We thank you, dear God for all that you've done and all you've said. Now heal relationships. And I not only pray for relationships in this room, but I, play, I pray for future relationships. God, heal families, heal homes in advance, dear God. You have good plans, and we look forward to seeing them fulfilled in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, before you leave, would you find somebody and just pray with them? Find somebody nearby you. Take them by the hand and just pray with them. As a couple, find somebody and pray with them. Would you do that? If you're new to freedom, I'd love to see you back in the hospitality room so I can greet you and give you a gift. You'll be dismissed when you choose. God bless you all.